Wine Diaries with Lynn and Jamie. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Decision Diaries. Today on Decision Diaries, we are going to talk about making the decision. I really, this is not even a decision. This is more like a commitment and super goal to become a published author. And we are talking about not just published on the internet, but a physical book. And I am just so super proud of this person. Um, And I'm not just saying that because I mentioned in the book and my husband is also mentioned in the book. (laughs) I am saying that because I have known her. I have gone to the same college as her. So I, it's almost like I, uh, I feel like a part of this super commitment decision to be a author of a book. Um, I, I feel a part of that. And so I would like to introduce my special guest, Laura Patangan. Hi, I'm happy to be here. And, and you are a part of it. So I appreciate that. And when we I'll, I'll let you lead and go where you want to go. But, um, but I would certainly like to, to use how you you and Bruce are in the book as, um, as part of an example of, of why I wrote the book. And oh yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to go, I'm, I'm starting way back, Laura. I'm starting way back because when I went up to your website and I looked at the dates, I was like, wow, that's incredible. I did not realize that you had really in a way started on this journey with your first blog in 2012. Um, and then, you know, it kind of from there sort of starts to, evolve and then and then you had to go through this journey of how does a person get published and then all of that so we have a lot to cover but let's just start from the very beginning and um first of all you went to university of florida college of journalism woo woo so we yeah. both did and it's amazing how all of our careers are so different so where did this start well the the book writing, where did it start or where did writing start or, or what? <laughs> I guess that's a very general question for a writer. I would say uh, when sort of your, your blogging started and then that, that journey of your subject okay. that ended up becoming the book, right? Yes. Well, I was approaching my 40th birthday um, and to just to give everybody some context, I'm 51 now. Um, so this was like Lynn said a while ago, um, but I, I was looking, you know, for a way to celebrate my birthday and I, you know, and I, of course I thought, thought of all of the ordinary, um, and extraordinary ways that we can celebrate our birthdays with, you know, buying something for ourselves or a trip or a party or whatever. And none of it was really kind of, um, appealing to me. And so I had this idea that um that I was going to to start a blog and I was going to share on this blog um my experiences doing corporal and spiritual works of mercy in the community which are basically um you know it's a it's based it's biblically based like you know feed the hungry give drink to the thirsty um Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you were like, you're giving back. I mean, it was a very much a a 40th birthday of giving back as opposed to my 40th, which you were at, which was a limo of Lynn's favorite things. So uh, selfish selfish over here, (laughs) selfish over here, unselfish over there, but I love it. Yeah. I love it. And, and yours was so fun, but, um, and, but I think it just kind of spoke to where I was, um, you know, that's a decision in and of itself, um, where I was in my life at that time. And I think mm-hmm. I just, you know, I, I had been staying home with my two children, my boys, and they were getting older and they, you know, they weren't, they didn't need me as much anymore. And so I think I could finally start thinking about, um, you know, what do I want to do? And just, and, and also I, I, you know, when you, um, as a mother, I think that we can all kind of lose ourselves, lose a little bit of our identity and not really have, 
you know, something that that is ours. And I think for me, starting to write again was like, um, it was mine. It was like my thing. It had nothing to do with my husband, had nothing to do with my kids. And I think that I think I was really hungry for something like that in my life, you know, that I, that everything. Yeah. And I remember, I actually remember the night when you came up with the topic and your 40th birthday, because we were all kind of waiting to find out what your 40th birthday was going to be, because, you know, obviously we wanted to celebrate and support you in your 40th. And I was at that party where you mentioned that you were going to, not just have a single day for your 40th birthday. It was almost like a, a personal challenge with action items that lasted what the whole year, the whole year. And that's the thing about that works of mercy is there's 14 of them. There's seven that have to do with our physical needs, you know, which is what we typically think of when we think of um, serving the poor. But then there's also seven that have to do with our spiritual need, like um, pray for others, uh, admonish sinners, instruct the uninformed, those kinds of things. So it, it did kind of like, I liked the structure of it, you know, because it, it did give me a little bit of like, okay, this is how I'm going to go about it. And I think too, on a, you know, on a, it, it was a, certainly a real faith journey for me. And I, I think what appealed to me about it is that I'm, I'm just, I'm just a common Christian, if you will. I don't know how else to say that, but I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not a theologian. I don't know, um, you know, I don't know everything that there is about, um, about my faith and, um, and there, and there's so much to know in everything, but, but it's just this, you know, the works of mercy are based on God's greatest commandment to love and serve others. And it, and it's a, it's a way to, to live these and do these. And I thought, well, you know, that's the, the, one of the greatest things to me about Jesus is he is so, he's so every man, every woman, every, every tax collector, every prostitute, every sinner, like we all get a seat at the table. So I just felt like, well, then let me do it. Like, why can't, like, I think that's what, what kind of empowered me was just the fact that I was, um, and am so ordinary, you know, and, but, but that we're all called to do this stuff, you know, to, to live our faith and to serve others. And so it's, it's just like, well, let's do it then, you know, let's, let's well, really see what yeah. this is like. And, you know, I kind of mentioned that in, in 2012, you know, you started with some blogs, I think, you know, writing kind of around parenting and then you, evolved into this journey. And then along the way, you wrote along the way with every work of mercy that you did. So, you know, you shared that with, with all your friends and and other people. And then of course, you know, it was starting to catch on. And it was one of those things that, you know, you read some blogs and, and you hear someone's funny story or, or, you know, like the same with podcasts, you, you listen to a podcast. And the question is, do you leave with something actionable? And so when you were doing these works of mercy, I did feel like I left with some actionable. I think after reading one of your blogs, I think I was a little nicer person <laughs> right after. And um, and then, you know, they kept coming. You stuck with it. And you stuck with it for a whole year. Right. And along the way, you know, there were a couple of times that I, I'm sure... I'm sure along the way, there was something on your shoulder being like, why, why did I sign up for this? Why am I, why am I doing this? And, and then sometimes, you know, we all like to get sort of those gold stars. And unfortunately, in this day and age, we all like to get the likes and the shares and, and everything. And then some, at some point, you have to say to yourself, I just don't even care anymore. I'm doing this for me and I'm growing. So you start growing, you're doing all of these works of mercy, which all these people are besides you are benefiting from. You're doing things so out of your comfort zone and contributing to the community, contributing to the church and and all of that. But what's even more interesting to me is that you took that, which would have been in itself, you know, for anybody celebrating their 40th or 50th, it's like you do your whatever it is, you did your marathon, 
now what, right? Now what, what happens? What happened that made you go, you know what? I'm going to turn this into a book. <laughs> I, I don't even think I know this story. Like how did this happen? I don't know, but it was, it's by far the hardest thing I've ever done. And it, I don't know. I don't know why I didn't just let it go. I mean, certainly by the end of the year that, you know, when my 41st birthday came, I was um, relieved and, um, and kind of ready, ready to be done. And, um, and because a lot, you know, it wasn't just the, the work of writing and the work of going out and volunteering or whatever. It was, it was how much, growth was happening in me in a short amount of time where, because, you know, I was seeing basically all of this um, human suffering, you know, and it's not easy to, to, to be a part of that and have it not affect or change you and who you are and what you value. And I remember like, and I don't know how shallow or silly this is going to, to sound, but you know, I've always enjoyed shopping and it, to me, it's like, you know, very relaxing to just, you know, go piddle around a store and look at things or whatever. And I remember after that year, you know, being in, in a department store and, you know, kind of looking and touching and all the things I usually like to do and just feeling nothing. I mean, and it, and I, and I know, you know, for some of you might be like, well, yeah, cause it's dumb or, or whatever, or it's just <laughs> right. stuff or, or whatever. But for me, it had always been, and I'm not saying because I'm super materialistic, I mean, you know, but it's just that it was always like something that interest, interested in me. And now I think it, again, you, you see, you I think I became so much more aware of what was going on in the world and how much, uh, how blessed I am, how blessed all of us are, you know, beyond what we get, you know, right, beyond right. what we, I think we really understand how blessed we are. And, um, and so, so it did, it did change me. And I guess I think, you know, with the book, I, this is what I learned from doing works of mercy. And this is, this is so important. Okay. So yeah, yeah. if, if anybody, you know, if you want to not listen to anything else after this or whatever, this is the most important thing that I found from doing the works of mercy for a year. And that was just how important mercy is to all of us, how important how much it matters that we give and receive mercy and that we can do this as an organic part of our daily life. We don't have to go volunteer at the soup kitchen. I mean, if you're called, if you feel called to do that and, you know, and, and, you know, you want to volunteer in any kind of capacity like that, absolutely, you know, do that. But I think that I realized how many opportunities there were to just give and receive mercy with people as I went about my daily life. And it's, it, let me tell you why this matters. It matters because I think so many of us feel like we're not doing enough. I think so many of us feel like we don't matter that the things that we do don't matter. You know, I mean, think about again, back to that, being a mother, you know, how often do you ever get thanked for all of the things that you do? And you just, it, it's hard to, you know, you think like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm raising my children. And of course I love them. And this, this matters to me and everything. But when you're like loading that dishwasher or that laundry, you know, for the umpteenth time, it, it's hard, like, you know, you just think like, ah, oh, the drudgery, right. you know, right. the drudgery right. of my life. Yeah. You know, like, what is this? And and so I think it may, if we could be aware of the power that we have to change other people's lives, it's so much more meaningful in our own life. You know, like if you oh, can, yeah. Yeah, can, absolutely. can get it, you know, that, and I think the way to get it is because if you think about the times in your life that somebody has shown up for you, or been merciful to you and just 
just how much that matters to you and what it, what a difference that makes. Um, well, yes. you know, yeah, it, it is. It, it's interesting because you should listen to your inner voice when it tells you to be kind, you know what I'm saying? So right. I, I think I had this book that I used to read to my boys. Have you filled up someone else's bucket? today. I, I love that That's book awesome. of, of filling someone else's bucket because when you fill up someone else's bucket, your bucket becomes full when, right. you know, when, when you're mean or you're judgy or you're whatever uh, you're taking from someone's bucket and you actually decrease your own bucket and, right. and decrease someone else's bucket. So, you know, we, we would always, I would always read that book, especially if they were fighting with each other. I was like, are you guys taking from each other's buckets? And I, I would read that book. So I highly recommend that book to try to get your children to, to be in that mindset. You know, one of the little ordinary things uh, that, that filled my bucket or whatever, or opportunities I look for. And, and someone else has kind of passed this on to me uh, was when you're someplace and you see someone eating alone, paying for their meal, or, you know, I was uh, in a deli and, and I've never, ever seen the person who normally sweeps the floor in that business office building ever in that deli ever never see her in the deli getting a drink never see her in the deli getting a sandwich and I felt like the moment that I was there where I was right in line behind her seeing her get a nice little meal that I just felt compelled to like step in front of her and be like I'm paying for this meal yeah. and when she turned around and she asked why I said because every morning when I see you cleaning the floors you make my day you are, you, you wave hi to me and you say hello and you say good morning or you say happy new year. And, right. you know, I work remotely. And so you may be the only person that I am physically talking to the whole day versus all my Zoom calls. So right. I wanted to, you know, I wanted her to know that she was making an impact in her kindness as well. So, you know, so it's, yeah, of course, this podcast is about you. <laughs> And this journey you went through and then it's almost like it got to the end of the year and you learned all this about yourself and you were still like, I'm going to take to the next level. Yeah. Because so I, what did you actually do? Did you like contact publishers? Like how did, what, what did you actually do to, to get this on someone's radar? Well, I, what I did was I, um, I wrote the book. I, 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 just oh, you wrote it before you reached out to publishers. Um, oh, I didn't know that. That's that's interesting. I did, and um, and Would I you did. Recommend I guess, that? No, I, okay. um, I don't recommend <laughs> that. But I didn't. I didn't know how it worked, and so I thought, like, okay, if I want to get a book published, I have to write it. And so I wrote the whole thing. I mean, introduction to the conclusion to everything in between, and um, and then I set out to get to get publishers. Well, first I tried to get an agent. And, um, and so I just, you know, would, it's almost like, you know, trying to get a job and you're sending these pitch letters about the book. Yeah. What'd you look for? Are you like Googled book agents? Is that, is that what you look for? Yeah. Oh, okay. And, um, right. and, and some people had told me about some, uh, I mean, I really, I had, basically like no writer friends, but like, a, um, but another friend had introduced me to somebody locally that was also trying to publish a book. She's a different kind of writer than I am, but you know, it's still, so she told me about an agent. So, you know, it's a little bit of networking where you could, but again, I didn't have a lot of networking resources. I, there are, they are out there, but I just, again, kind of didn't really get how this works, but I, but I basically got no interest from an agent at all. And so, um, were you emailing or were you calling? No, I was emailing. Okay. Um, and then when you emailed, did you get like a, a standard no thank you or did you just get silence? Both. Okay. Both are equally painful. I'm I'm not I'm yeah. not saying they're not, but yeah. I think you know a form letter coming back at least is is kind of like it's acknowledged, yes. but but silence is one of those things that you're just like, 
how long do I let the silence go at, before I move on to a different strategy? So yeah. you didn't hear from an agent. So then your next strategy was to go directly to publishers. Yes. Like, and, it, and to me, it kind of like, I was like, why do I need a middle person anyway? You know what I mean? Like, right. like somebody just publish it. And so, um, I started sending it to, um, I'm Catholic. And so that the book is a Catholic is, I don't want to say the book is a Catholic book because I think the book is truly for everybody, but, but anyways, you know, it, it is about the works of mercy for sure. And, right, um, and right. so, which again is not exclusive to just Catholics, but I sent it to Catholic publishers and I will. And then the first real big, bite or lead I got was, um, was from this one publisher and, and, and the, the woman was working with me to pitch it. And I was so happy. I mean, I was just, yeah. I can't oh, what was that day me. like, do you remember the joy of that day of well, getting somebody? Was, what, what was so fun about it is that she worked with me on like my introduction and the, like, I think I did, I submitted the introduction, the first three chapters or something. So she kind of edited and gave feedback on what I had already written. And it was so helpful. And when you're a writer, you feel like you kind of exist in a vacuum. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you talk, you yeah. talk about like working by yourself, like I'm by myself and nobody really reads my stuff until I put it out there. And, and so you're, you're just like alone with all your thoughts all the time, you know? And so it was so exciting to have somebody that cared about the content as much as I did and, you know, kind of gave me some, I don't know, it was a little bit like being in college again or something where you're like, okay. Well, yeah, it, it's nice to have, um, you know, a partner. Like I said, is. you know, when I, when I, when I first reached out to Jamie and, and she co-hosted with a show with me for a while right now, she's focusing on her business, but, but it was nice to have a partner to kick off with. It, it really is. Absolutely. Yeah. And so anyways, long story short, we went through that if I was, I was uber happy the whole time and not just happy because I had a solid chance, but I was happy because I was, I was doing what I loved doing and I didn't even know how much I loved doing it, you know? Oh yeah. But oh, I good did. for you. Yeah. I mean, we were all very excited. I, I, I think you announced you were working with somebody. Yeah. Is this who you ultimately ended up with? No. So oh. it went, so I went through it all and it went to the, um, you know, the, so I guess that person's the acquisitions editor. And then it gets, then they have like a meeting where they go over at the meeting, you know, the books that they're gonna, they're gonna pull. And basically, and I was so excited. I mean, I remember, you know, just because I knew the day they were meeting, you know, that she'd get back to me. Oh, yeah. And anyways, but she told me that, no, they, they decided against it. And it was because I didn't have a big enough following, um, you yeah. know, like a big oh, social yeah. media following and all of that. And that was, I mean, honestly, absolutely crushing for me because um, I don't know, because if, you know, at this point I'm in my forties, I'm like, seriously, this feels like, like a middle school popularity contest. And I don't even want to participate in this kind of like this kind of pull for my self-worth. I mean, that's, you know, right. Right. One of the I, things I, I feel, I, I, I feel you. I I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I kind of am like when someone says, how many people do you listen to your podcast? I'm like, I really don't care. I enjoy right. meeting and talking to people. Don't ask me that question. Right. I, I, and the sad part is, is I'm, I'm in tech. I know how to get those numbers. Um, and sometimes I do look at them and then I have to tell myself to stop. But yeah, being in I, tech too, you have to know how hollow those numbers can sometimes be. You know, oh, you I mean? can work those numbers oh, yeah. and, and, 
And believe me, I have seen in the tech industry where someone says they 100,000 followers and I know the exact website they went to to grab those 100,000 followers. Right. Um, you can pay for that. Just to let everybody know who maybe is naive on that, you can pay for that. And so, um, so yeah, you can make those numbers. And I, I know um, there are some famous people that have paid for services like that mm -hmm. uh, so that they can get back out there and, and let people know that, you know, they're out there and available. But I am also a very big, strong uh, feeling uh, or a strong proponent of being motivated by no. If you tell me no, it's almost like at that point I lose my mind and I double down with I've got to get to yes. Right. And, you know, I know you and I are, are very different sometimes. Sometimes I'm like uber aggressive about getting to that yes. But for you, when you got that no, did you feel that way? Did you feel like, well, you just don't know. This is awesome. This is going to be an awesome book and I'm going to move on. Or did you need some help? No, I was crushed. I was so sad. And I and so especially because of the reason, because I thought like, like, tell me that it's not written well. Tell me I don't write well. So, you know what I mean? Tell like, like base my grade on something that matters. <laughs> right don't base it on popularity. You know what I mean? But I right, get it. Right. Like they have to sell the books. But I think like, um, well, it, I'm sure JK Rowling was not asked how many followers right. she had for oh, Harry Potter. Right. I, mean, I mean, they read the book, someone loved the book and they became right. the, the uh, representative of her in that meeting with their passion or, or whatever. And right. so yeah, I agree with you. Popularity is not the way to go. So, yeah. so you, you go from there and when, when do you go to your next person? So I just, I did keep plugging away at it. I don't, um, I, I don't, I don't know if I would have ever given up. I don't know what I would have done, but I wasn't, I would just, I kept going. I just, and I, um, and I just tried to like, you know, kind of get comfortable being rejected. And so then I sent it to the publisher who ended up publishing me, um, which is our Sunday visitor. And, and I got this email back that from the woman and it basically was, I think it said something like, Oh, this sounds like maybe it could be a pamphlet, you know, like a, like an informational oh. little thing on works of mercy or something. And I thought, Oh my heavens, no, you know what I mean? And so, <laughs> right, right. um, Anyways, but it's funny because what, what what happened, and it was very kind of strange to me, but um, is her and I kept writing each, I guess because I didn't let it go. Like I kept like writing back yeah. something, something else. And I don't know if she was being polite or what, but she would respond to everything. So we went back and forth for like a month with me explaining to her how important the message of this book was, you know, just that how how desperate people are for this kind of compassion in their lives and, um, and just the hollowness, you know, like that we live in this world that tells us to be more, have more, do more, you know, it's make more, what do you, you know, it's all, um, it's all about like a metric thing, you know, and it's all about more. And right. my message was like, no, like we chase this stuff. We're taught to chase this stuff. We teach our kids to to chase this stuff, you know, to, to get good jobs and whatever. And we mean well, but the thing is, is you get there, you know, you get to the pro and, and this is what we find when we hit middle age is, you know, that we get to the proverbial place of like, oh, yay, I attained it. Even, even this, even getting this book published and you think it's going to fill you and it doesn't, it's fleeting, right. you know, right. but the kindness is that we do for other people. Like it may, it may be sound Pollyanna or whatever, but it sticks with us. It sticks with us. And I will tell you, it is the most, if you, you know, think about somebody passing away or whatever, it's, to me, it's like the most beautiful stories that come, you know, of little things that they did, you know, oh, so-and-so did this for me when I was, you know, those are the things that matter. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And, you yeah. know, I, 
I, I do have a, a, a shout out to somebody that, that did one of those. I, I did speak at her funeral and the work of mercy that she did for me. And this is going to sound ridiculous, but it meant the world to me. And I was, I was crying when I spoke at her funeral about this was I had been fired from my job. And I, um, along with her had purchased this life-size stormtrooper, And she met me the following day for breakfast. And she had stolen the stormtrooper from the company that fired me and brought <laughs> it to me at breakfast. And it was just so simple. Yeah, so simple. But it was like, she was almost telling me since you left the building, like we, we, a part, a part of all of us have left the building, everybody right. that, you know, reported to you and everybody that worked with you is going to miss you. And they're not going to keep that stormtrooper. And, right. and, you know, and I, I gave that as an example, of course, she lived her whole life doing things like that for people. So I wasn't up there alone. And so, you know, you bring this out and, and putting it in writing, how to do it or different ways on how to do it or going through that process is, is very valuable. And you clearly felt very passionate that, you know, you needed to get that out there. And, and this person who is trying to like quietly tell you no, and you are like, but, but, right. (laughs) But, but this is important. And, and obviously after a while it sunk in with them and that's where you took it from, you know, a no or a soft no. I want to say she was, she was, sounds like she was trying to do a soft no to, to a yes and, and get your, uh, your book out there. But it wasn't just like, oh, okay. She made a couple of edits and the next thing, you know, here comes your hardcover book. Right. And process after that, she wasn't working with my book at all. It was just these back and forth emails, you know, almost, I don't know, but what happened was it it went on for about a month. And then I thought, where is this going? Like, what are, what are her and I doing here? You know? And so that is actually when I picked up the phone um, and called her and, you know, or asked to speak if we could set up a a time to talk. And, um, and, and I kind of was like, what's going on? You know what I mean? Like, I, like, I know that you, I know that you told me no, but you know, we're, but we still seem like we're, we're talking so much about this. And, and she said to me, she's like, you know, I can't tell you how to write the book, but you know, but basically she kind of gave me an angle to, to pitch it to, or she said, but if she said, if you submit a book proposal, I will present it. And, um, and so I thought, honestly, for, at first I thought, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Because I, like, all I've done is write and write and write. And like, now I've got to write a book proposal, you know, but it ended up only having, it was, it was basically like a sample chapter, you know, and then all of this information about what, what the book content, content would be about. So I thought, I really don't have anything to lose because I'll write a sample chapter. And if I, if they tell me no, then I'll just run it on my blog. I'll just run the content on my blog because I was still blogging, you know, regularly every week, which was exhausting. I look back at that. I don't know how I did it, but because um, now I post every month. So I'm like, so which, um, uh, which chapter was it that you submitted with your proposal? The, the first chapter was Food for Hungry, and it was all about our need to be fed and how that um, but how that extends beyond the physical, you know, that there's the physical way that, that we all obviously need to eat or whatever, but it's that whole, what drives you, what motivates you, you know, um, right, that whole right. other aspect of it, which again is so important. I mean, that's the, the beauty of God is like, he wants all of this fullness for us. He doesn't want us to just, you know, okay, put rice in her belly and send her on her, on her way. You know what I mean? It's right, like, right, right. Know, made all of no, these no, that was, that's a really good that was a, a really good uh chapter to um to put with your proposal because i think it 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 starts off with really laying the foundation of what someone can get after reading your full book and you know this whole time 
we have not said the title of your book. So please provide the title of your book. Obviously, everybody knows Works of Mercy is in there. But the go title, ahead and say the title, the title of, your book. of the book is Simple Mercies, How the Works of Mercy Bring Peace and Fulfillment. Um, but really, you just need to remember Simple Mercies. And that really is the crux of it because it doesn't have to be big, you know, and and these small things, they matter so much. And again, I think that they they feed us both ways that it's, that it's in giving and receiving. And, um, and so let me just segue now into what I, what I said, um, like Lynn mentioned at the beginning of this podcast that, um, that her husband and, and, and she are mentioned in the book. Um, And I believe that that is um, in the chapter um, instruct the uninformed, which is a worker. <laughs> which is silly. I, that, it's funny. <laughs> yes, but listen, but if you hang on and listen, you will yeah. see that. Um, and so much, and, but in that work of mercy to me has so much to do with our children. You know what I mean? Us, which, you know, just raising our children and really teaching them how to be good people, what really matters, that, that kind of things. But, but again, that's what's so cool about the works of mercy is there's so many different ways to do it. And so one of the things that I wrote about was how Lynn being a good wife, um, and she's Catholic also, she had married Bruce and he was not Catholic and she had always tried to convert him and, um, and you know, he wasn't interested. So, um, so I don't know if she was half joking or what, but she kind of tasked <laughs> me with um, with being in charge of his conversion, and um, and of course, you know, I didn't I didn't know how I would be able to do that or or whatever. And that to me, that's something really, truly that that God gets credit for. You know, He's the one that changes your heart that way or whatever. But um, but she tasked me with 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 it and. Um, it, and Lynn mentioned stormtroopers and she is a big star Wars family. And I'm a mother of two boys and my kids definitely went through the whole star Wars, you know, had every color of the lightsaber thing, every lightsaber you can imagine. And, and ironically, when I was in high school, we had a sister um, who would teach us about religion by using um, the Star Wars films. And so I told Bruce about that and we talked about that. And I think that that was uh, something, a way that was comfortable to him to hear about the faith that wasn't preachy or bossy or just, and was very approachable. And, and I think it is, I think important for all of us to be approachable when we, um, when we try to, to talk to people about, about doing good, you know, because we don't want to be preachy or judgy because it's, that's so not, you know, what it's about. And, um, so anyways, he ultimately converted, decided on his own or, you know, or through the Holy spirit that he was going to convert to Catholicism. And yeah, it was a total shock. It was, it was, it was really a shock because it, it was a big, it's a big deal. Yeah. It's well, a, at that point, you know, our, our kids were, were going to uh Catholic school and I had completely backed off. I think the only time I, I did a really hard line was, you know, when we first got married and he said, I'm Methodist. And I said, I'm Catholic. And he said, oh, we come out Episcopalian. And I was like, no, I'm Italian Roman catholic so i come out catholic i don't know what you come out and then and then he was like well i'm gonna stay methodist and i said fine that's fine and and then you know here you come along and and like i said you uh, approached it in a a non-preachy or demanding way that only somebody who's not married to the person or you know part of some sort of uh what do you want to call it? You know, um, somebody, somebody in the church who, who meets new members or, or something like that, you know, a complete stranger walking up to them instead, you know, you were kind of like a a warm lead and you're coming around, around the time that you were going through 
these works of mercy. So it just kind of seemed to to all fold together. And of course, right. we have a signed copy of your book and, and it's right. very exciting. And and when it came out, you know, to, to hear about his journey and um, your journey with him is is the best chapter in the book as far as I'm concerned. Right. Well, <laughs> and let me and let me finish because I know you yeah. didn't you didn't love being included in the instruct the uninformed chapter, but that's where it goes both ways because by having this opportunity, so Bruce, when he decided to convert to Catholicism, asked me to be his RCIA sponsor, which means we had to go through, you know, these Saturday classes um, and spend our mornings on, you know, several hours every Saturday learning about the the Catholic faith. And as a um, as a lifelong Catholic, it it was um, it was so educating to me to sit to sit in there and um, and learn about my Catholic faith, you know, as an adult, because, again, I was a cradle Catholic, went to Catholic high school and grade school and all of that. And, you know, I don't I don't know, you know, I probably could write more about what I didn't learn about the faith than what I did learn about the faith. Just because, <laughs> yes, that the just truth? because yeah, there's so on. much to learn. Yeah. Not because I didn't yeah. have great teachers or anything like that. There's just so much to learn. And so, um, so again, it's that whole in giving we receive, you know, kind of thing. Like, like, like I'm instructing Bruce and in the faith by, you know, following him through this, but really I was the one that ended up getting, you know, just as much instruction for sure, um, as he did. So I think that's a, um, a real good example of something. And again, or it happened as an organic part of daily life. It wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to set out and, and go and be somebody's sponsor or go convert somebody to Catholicism or something, but it's just, you know, I think so much of serving others is just having that openness and willingness um to do it i mean i could have just ignored you lynn i mean there's lots of <laughs> you say well, yeah you know i mean people can yeah. try i i i imagine they do they do try but uh yeah and uh you know in in the irony of ironies uh the first time that we went to italy one year after we were married uh, my husband tried to go into the Vatican wearing shorts and was he tried to skate around the Swiss guards and he was caught by the Swiss guards and ended up walking away with our with um, the other husband who was rejected by the Swiss guards. And and they went and had a beer to fast <laughs> forward. Uh, we just went, you know, to Italy and family vacation with our boys. And, you know, my husband was let into the Vatican and the big joke in our family was, well, before you weren't a, a member. <laughs> now you're a member. No, but this time he wore pants. So just a little <laughs> lesson to everybody that, you know, he learned from the first experience. Yes, we all have to wear pants. We have to bear, wear respectful clothes. So we are, we were very excited. I think everybody was, was very excited about the fact that you got your yes and you got your book and then you had a great book signing and, you know, you continue to to write and to blog and you have a website to constantly reinforce your message. And, you know, I think this really comes down to following your passion and your own personal self-discovery and, you know, and, and things will just kind of work out, you know, in another podcast, we kind of talked about, you know, getting in, getting into, you know, modeling and and that type of stuff. A lot of rejection out there. And it's one of those things that, you know, as you're going along and and you hit that first wall, then you find out what you're made of and whether, you know, that passion can get you through that first wall and that second wall. And, and when you're putting out kindness, it's kind of like, it's amazing that you got rejected because, (laughs) because I, I mean, who doesn't want to read a positive book? You know, now when I look at uh, things on Netflix and I'm a big Ted Lasso, I I watch Ted Lasso like a thousand times. You know why? Because it's positive. Right. And, And your book is positive and we need more positive books and we need more creative writers out there. 
um, who are willing to, to follow their passion. And if they have, if they are writers of positivity, I, I yeah. can only say that I, I want to put out to them a little writer's prayer. I'm sure there's yeah. a writer's prayer out there. There's probably a saint of writers. Oh, I I'm imagine sure. there's probably a saint. I, I was trying to be the uh, patron saint of job hunting and I, I Googled and found out there actually is a saint. So <laughs> I can't be that, but you could be the patron saint of writing a positive book. <laughs> Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And I would encourage whether, you know, whether it's writing a book or, or anything it, and again, it's so cliched, it's so boring. And when you are in the trenches of it, it's the last like message you want to hear and you just want to roll your eyes at it, but it's the whole, don't give up. I mean, truly, if it matters to you and, um, and I, you know, and again, I'm 51 now I'm older, I'm getting older all the time, you know, and I, and <laughs> And what matters to me is that I do things that matter to me. And I think that that is probably true for all of us, you know, that we all need to live live our lives um, doing things that matter to us. And, you know, and, and that's, that could be taking care of our kids or our parents or, you know, or it could be writing a book or it could be all of those things, you know, because there's all of these different parts of us. Um but I do think that uh, you, you don't want to waste this this life you have, you know, and I I think as far as is writing goes and I, I guess it doesn't matter if you if you write it or if you speak it to somebody one on one. But we all have a story to tell, you know, and I think that other people can benefit from our experiences and and again certainly from our compassion and sometimes it's by hearing somebody else's story that you could share your compassion with them you know what i'm saying oh yeah yeah oh absolutely so i mean you know going going and talking to some of these young writers and we know one right mm -hmm. we know, we we have a friend whose daughter is a great writer Right. And speaking to them now from where we sit today, and I, I'm not putting myself on the writer category. I'm, I'm a speaker. You're a writer. Uh, so, so talk to these college students, like remember back when, when you were right. there and what advice would you give to them as we're kind of wrapping this up? Uh, what, what kind of advice would you give to these, these writers to well, I, I, hate their passion. I hate that you asked that as great of a question <laughs> as it is, because it, because I'm going to just be totally honest and say that I, what I have told them is not to do it, not to be a writer because it's, <laughs> um, because you'll make no money and it's so much work and, you know, but again, I think that goes back to the whole, like, you've, you've got to really want it. I think you've got to really want it. And I think if you really do want it, there's nothing you can't do, you know, and, and certainly I, I do really truly believe this. Our world needs good writers and not, um, I, I think because we, we do do so much online now and we, we text and even I catch myself when I reread emails that I send to people and it's like the little articles like Anne and the, you know, like you just like, they almost don't even sound like they belong anymore. And I think like, Oh, this, this isn't how you write a sentence, Laura, you know, like, it's like, we kind of, um, I think it's important. I think as the world kind of goes more tech and it is, and it's not going to change, you know, that's not going to change, but I think that it is, that there will always be a demand for people who know how to write and get a point and a message across, you know, oh, my yeah. husband's an attorney and I tell you, he writes, that's what he does. He writes, you know, I mean, it's just, and not like I write, you know, nothing like what I write, but I'm just saying he writes for his job. He reads and he writes. Um, right. Right. I, yeah. And, and so, you know, when I think about, uh, when you're, you're creating these creatives, we need a lot of creative people out there. And, you know, the more that they can tell great stories 
that people leave with takeaways using the right words and spaces that, that, that touch someone's soul. And, and that's, that's a very powerful thing, regardless of how much they get paid. Right. <laughs> so I, I don't want to discourage anybody um, <laughs> who is majoring in journalism. We we are both College of Journalism graduates. Right. I, I and, uh, you know, I, I write in my job in the tech industry as well. And so um, I want to say keep on keeping on it. No, if, you if do. You, and and I do. Writer, keep on yes. keeping on. Yes. <laughs> and Laura's going to say a prayer for you. I will. I will. I will pray for all of the, the writers. And I do. I do do freelance work, you know, um, and I can I could, you know, make so you can make income on that. And 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 I like and honestly, I like being able to do that because it does kind of keep up my skill set with more, you know, new style journalism writing than just, you know, than just my kind of writing, which is probably more of an essay style. And so I, you know, there there are ways that you can make an income with it. I think that um, you probably just have to be super diligent about, you know marketing, marketing yourself. I mean, I, you know, is as much as I hated that message from that first publisher about, you know, being popular, you know, I think basically all professions kind of boil down to sales, you know, being able to sell yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So that is a a great takeaway. I mean, you know, just kind of summarizing some of the things that I've learned listening to you on this podcast, you know, you've got, you've got that, that pitch. You may not necessarily have to write the book in advance of the pitch. That's a, that's an interesting kind of look back. And then again, you know, finding somebody that feels the same passion and understands your pitch and can present you in front of, you know, those decision makers. And, you know, now with the, with the internet and tech, if you want to put more pressure on those decision makers, then unfortunately you're going to need a following. And so, you know, writing some smaller items and maybe getting that following so that you can explain that on your pitch is probably going to help you. And I think these kids coming out of college know that they know that we're learning that at our age, but these kids have it down. And so I just want to wish for all writers out there <laughs> that uh, that we hope that you are successful. If you need to um, reach out to anybody and, and ask questions, Laura's your girl. So tell us where they can find you. Um, well, I have a website. It's my name, laurapatangan.com. It's L-A-R-A. My parents admitted the U. Um, so L-A-R-A. And then my last name is P-A-T-A-N-G-A-N. Dot com and simple mercies um and it's on amazon or wherever books are sold so but yes if if any if anybody wanted to reach out to me to talk about either any of the works of mercy or 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 writing or any of it i've certainly benefited from talking to other people and that's such a i'm i always consider that a gift to be able to do that to somebody else and kind of to guide them along well Thank you so much for coming on this podcast. Thank you for converting my husband to (laughs) (laughs) And thank you for including Star Wars in your book. Just, you know, a little shout out there. It just kind of all came full circle for me. And for anyone listening, if you have some other decision ideas that you want to share, because you are a writer, (laughs) certainly write to me at decisiondiaries.com. 